Uncaged. Uncaged. A show celebrating thought leadership from today's top business leaders. The program provides a voice to amazing executives from around the globe who are shaping the world of business today and mapping the path to the world of commerce tomorrow. And now, please welcome our host, Bant Breen, as we begin another Uncaged episode. Today, we're speaking with Dr. Chris Wichira. Hey, how are you, Chris? I'm good. I'm good, Matt. How are you? I'm very, very well. So Chris is working on a lot of really interesting things. She is the founder and chief executive officer of the Wichira Group. And they do really three verticals that are interrelated. One is they are the first Kenyan-American winery in the United States, and I'm excited to hear more about Wichira Wines in a second. They are also the first Black-owned and woman-owned winery tasting room, which is probably making everyone very thirsty for having a flight of Kenyan-American wines. And then last but not least, and certainly not a small task, they are the first Black-owned and woman-owned distributor of wine, beer, and liquor licensed in California. And that is a significant deal as someone who's tried to distribute products. It's no joke. And so it's an incredible business, Chris, and we're excited to learn more about that. But before we get there, tell us a little bit about you and your career. Okay, let's start. Where do I start? Okay, so my career starts in in healthcare. My background is actually in healthcare. I spent, um, I get 15 years, 15 and a half years um, at Stanford Healthcare. my terminal degree is in nurse practitioning as a healthcare systems leader. Um, and so I spent a good deal of time leading systems um, using improvement science to identify gaps in uh, systems and processes and figuring out the best outcomes, how to improve current outcomes and how to optimize those outcomes. Um, so that my background in science and a curiosity for like how things are and why things are the way they are is what kind of got me into winemaking. Um, cool. I, I often talk about, you know, like, like having folks show up as, as full representations of who they are and sort of recognizing the inter- intersectionality of who we are, the little bits and pieces of the mosaic of who we are and how you bring those to craft careers and, and mindsets and things like that. So that's healthcare led me to winemaking and that's where I am so, today. So I like that. I like the really in some ways it's the science of healthcare and the analysis, the analytical process. And then that led to you kind of the lovely science of winemaking. Absolutely. Anyone who has even dabbled in that area knows that it is a delicate and complex process. So I'm excited to hear about what you and your team have built. Tell me more about the Wichira Group. So the Wachira Group, I'll start with the first vertical, Wachira Wines. So came into the industry is one from the science aspect of it, but also not finding my palate represented in the industry. So I'm a Kenyan American by birth, born and raised in Nairobi, Kenya. And uh, my mother cooked Kenyan dishes. So we'd have family Sunday family dinners, and I would not find a wine that would complement the foods my mother was making and so I figured you know what I'm gonna craft something and I tried it out on my family and they loved it tried it on my friends they loved it and I was like I think we have something here 
So then introduced it to the market, got licensed in 2017, and um, the rest is her story. It's been a beautiful journey. Um, and tell also- me, you crafted it with the idea of it being flavored for Kenyan food. So right. tell what me does that mean? What, what that actually means. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so Kenyan food is very flavorful. It's spicy, but not in the heat context mm-hmm. of it, because we have some very, very hot dishes, like sort of um, West African, Ethiopian dishes can be super spicy. Kenyan right. food is flavorful because it has an amalgamation of different spices. So you have the cumin, you have the turmeric, you have all these different spices that are blended in. So it's very, very flavorful. And so you need a wine that complements it, that allows the food to shine, Mm-hmm. as the wine shines so mm-hmm. we need to have it to be nice very well rounded very well balanced and that's mm-hmm. sort of my secret sauce and that's what i call them californian wines with a kenyan accent that's the sounds kenyan. like i would like it actually a lot so tell me more about is there a red variety a white variety yes yeah. so we do have i craft um six different wines so i have two reds uh cabernet sauvignon and a zinfandel a red zinfandel then i have two whites a chardonnay and a muscat a rosé a rosé of movedra which is a little bit atypical and then a sparkling white which is a blanc de blanc um, chardonnay grape wow you've yeah. got it covered off that's I, well i do try to have a party for me it's about the wine safari experience so <laughs> What's the most popular of all of those? You know, it kind of ebbs and flows, to be honest with you. So it started off um, depending on the time of the year. So now we're going into fall and winter. So we're mm-hmm. about to go into our Cabernet Zinfandel season. And then towards the tail end of the year, because it's the holidays, New Year's and everything, our sparkling is the king um, mm-hmm. at that time. The summer months are all about the Chardonnay and the Muscat. So it kind of ebbs Got and it. flows. Yeah. So it's very seasonal. That's amazing. So then tell me a little bit more about the wine tasting room. Where is that? And when can I go? So the the, the vertical, the Caribou by Wachira is our tasting room. It's in downtown Alameda, which is a historical city in of itself. Beautiful architectural city. Um, Smart right downtown. It's the first one in in the San Francisco Bay Area that is Black and woman-owned, which Mm -hmm. I think, and I highlight that one because it it is a fit in of itself. Yes, and yes, it should be recognized. But it's also to sort of shame the industry and the market a little bit because it is 2022, right? Yeah. I think we should be a little further ahead than we currently I'm are. a little surprised by that, yeah. to be honest. Yeah. When I hear that, I would have thought that there would be more women making, you know, maybe women wine entrepreneurs in various areas, you know? Yeah, I mean, you know what? And for me, that also speaks to, you know, a lot of... Um, a lot of other things that sort of drive me to do what I do and why I keep doing it the way I do, the kind of model that I've implemented is, you know, to address sort of the, the access and equity issues in the industry, you know, for for women and for minority, yeah. you know, women, you know, in particular. So that's partially why I highlight that. Yeah, but yeah. Um, it's in Alameda. And what I do, it's, it's a different type of model because, um, yes, it is the home of Wachero Wines, but it's also a space that showcases other makers of color and women and locals. So I have oh, those wow. three demographics of, of wines, of crafters represented in that space. So a lot of folks that do not have a tasting room get to call that space their own. And then what that does, it also introduces the community to a lot of product that you would not find in a conventional store. You'll not find these wines that say 
Trader Joe's or Safeway because they're much smaller batch crafters. Right. Are, a lot of them tend to be women. A lot of them tend to be minority. Um, and some of them are Caucasian, but they just do not pre, uh, produce in large enough batches to where right. large scale stores would take them. So you get to, I get to, I know, to introduce folks to a lot of high, really award-winning, high-quality wines that they wouldn't. Yeah, yeah, no, it makes sense. And the batches are small, obviously. I mean, for a variety of reasons, starting out, they'll probably get bigger, hopefully, you know, but uh, certainly a wide variety. And then the last area is SoCo. So SoCo, you guys are distributors. So tell me how that works. So distribution is, is a different, completely different animal different mm. ball game so and we we bring in again focusing again on equity on access equity um looking at producers across the country that are minorities smaller smaller folks and we bring we take them across you know to different we introduce them to different markets across the country so we have distilleries out of new hampshire out of minnesota uh, we had a distillery out of um, georgia that we were mm-hmm. distributing in california we have a wine brand uh, um, a beer brand that is locally crafted in sacramento and we we sort of look to bring all these products to different to one to different retailers through e-commerce but to customers across the country um it's it's different for us based just again based on resourcing and what is available for folks like myself right yeah and that's for me that's why i've been i've been very intentional about you know running my business the way i've, I've yeah I've, and i mean i'm imagining that it still is relatively small batch in terms of the production of wichira wines still actually correct? it's, yeah. it's actually it, it is and it isn't okay. because it's a question of of getting the right market access if we have the if we find a retailer say for example uh trader joe's or a safeway out there that wants to carry wichira wines we're more than capable to produce large enough quantities all right you hear that traded rose yep. uh, or, <laughs> or or anyone out there we just haven't chris just is haven't ready had. for you chris is ready. ready and a lot of these other crafters are too that one of the 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 liquor producers that we distribute out of minnesota do nord Spir- mm-hmm. social spirits they are on delta airlines we distribute oh, them wow. to, onto delta airlines out of sfo and lax so it is it's not a small fit and in, in total wines and more across california so we are a lot of us are out here we have the potential we have the capability all we need is opportunity and that's yeah. a lot of times that's what's lacking yeah, I hear you. I think that more opportunity is going to be coming your way. I mean, if we look at some of the broader demographic changes and the pushes in the US, tell me a little bit about what you're seeing as some of the big trends in your space and where you and your team fit into that story. Well, what's been great, um, and this is, um, it's a byproduct of two things. One, um, the sort of the, the social reawakening of America, as I call it, and mm-hmm. then the COVID pandemic, um, it forced people to be a lot more socially aware. And so we have a lot of socially con- um, conscious consumerism going right. on. So folks are putting their money behind causes that they believe in. They invest, they're buying products from companies that they want to support. Intentionality has shifted, right? Yeah. So that that for me has been, a, it's, it's been a great fit for us because it, it um, ex- especially existing in this space as we have, and we have a lot of corporate, um, you know, 
large corporations that want to spend money towards mentoring and supporting minority-owned businesses, you know, in terms of educating and, and connect and creating networks and connections for them. So a lot of things that did not exist pre-COVID or pre-George um, Floyd, for, for lack of a better term, I mean, are existing now. So I think you're absolutely right that the summer of 2020 definitely was a bit of a awakening for the US and maybe a vitalization, I don't want to say a revitalization, but a vitalization of people thinking about maybe social issues, especially diversity, equity and inclusion issues and making strides, maybe not as many as we need, but some strides. So we're moving slowly, slowly, but surely in those areas. But, you know, let me shift a little bit and talk about the broader pandemic. I mean, I think of the pandemic as me being quite an antisocial drinker. <laughs> you know, I, was a, I was probably drinking privately with family and friends. And so we were consuming a lot of wine. But tell me how, what the pandemic meant for you and your team and your business and how you guys did things. Well, the pandemic um, <laughs> was a, it forced us to shape shift and literally did because becoming into it, we were 85% of our business was um, events, um, um, festivals and um, restaurants and bars. Mm-hmm. All of those ground to a halt by at the end of March, March 31st, 2020, all of, all of that dried up. So we had to pivot almost overnight to rethink our business model, to start pushing our e-commerce platform. We started engaging more in social media, started thinking about free door-to-door deliveries, which we never did before. We did not have a delivery van, so we were hauling these deliveries in our private cars. So, I mean, it was we, we literally had to rethink real fast on our feet <laughs> to keep us going. But we did. You know, I mean, the funny thing is that those things are in many respects painful when you're going through them, but they are the foundation for your business. You know, I, I uh, remember when I started one of my companies uh, that I was uh, always a hallmark that we wanted to make sure we always hit payroll. And there was one month where one of our big investments didn't come through. Mm-hmm. And oh, man, like scrapping and rerunning the numbers a million ways to make sure that you know you make sure that payroll gets met you know that scrappy quality is always a success for an entrepreneur talk about character building it does that to you (laughs) as a business it absolutely does exactly exactly and now i mean here we are we find ourselves going into you know the back half of 2022 kind of a crazy year and looking into 2023 you know Mm -hmm. certainly Any business, including yours, having to face some of the realities of things like inflation and what that's going to mean. What's exciting on the horizon for you? What are some of the challenges that you're thinking about? Um, Challenges wise, just thinking about, you know, losing some of those larger clients. I mean, losing volume, right? So we have a lot of corporate uh, partners that we work with. um, But so, and and a lot of them, we're starting to sense them tightening their belts as they don't, Mm. you know, as they they need to, you know, reduce their expenses, their expenditure and all that good stuff. So trying to be creative and smart in that space and figuring out how to stretch those dollars, right, from the the corporate side. And also recognizing, for example, some of our smaller um, clients, like our wine club members for what share wines, you know, some people may need to put their accounts on hold for a certain period of time. So just having that flexibility to allow people to, to operate within the, you know, their budgets. Yeah. Um, that being said, yeah. I got to tell you, I'm listening to the story and I'm thinking, 
this is the best stocking stuffer ever. I mean, this is a great holiday gift. It so. is a wine safari. Where else can you escape in the middle of winter on a safari in the comfort of your own living room? I'm sure that's what you call it. And I love it. I love the idea of the wine safari. I think that there you go. A wine safari. Yeah. So tell me a little bit then and also some of the other elements, some of the challenges that you're seeing. Well, um, um, shipping, shipping yeah. challenges, supply chain. We still have a little bit of supply chain issues. We're still running low on bottles. Um, I craft my wines uh, in a very specific way. So I, I don't age them as long as most wineries do because I like them to have a little bit of that fruit forwardness, um, which creates a really nice balance. Um, mm -hmm. So I'm not getting the bottles to, you know, to get the wines out of barrels into them bottles into into customers hands not getting those bottles in time makes them makes my wine sit in the barrels a little longer than I like so and all mm. of those things and that may shift some of the flavor profiles of yeah. um, some of the varietals so that for me supply chain issues are still a challenge. Um, um, delivery issues we're going into the holidays that's always a challenge um, so you know starting to plan ahead. When I talk to my corporate customers, I'm like, hey, you know, gas prices are up. This, um, the, the shipping delivery folks may not have as many trucks. Companies are cutting back on staff. Um, mm -hmm. Staffing is another challenge now that right. I have a retail front. And um, yeah, so making sure I, I provide, you know, um, sort of a living wage, a very competitive living wage, looking at offering additional benefits to my staff just to make sure I retain the talent that I have. Is, That's uh, great. And are there any other plans? Are you raising money or are you doing? Well, you know what? I'm always plans? I'm always in the market for additional resources. Anybody listening out there that is looking to invest in a small business, I'm yeah. always open. I'm, um, I'm looking. I would love, love, love to expand at some point. I have a great concept in terms of the distribution um, model that we can scale across the country. Um, I'm, I'm looking for that large scale um, retailer to take on the product. So, yes, I'm always in the market. So awesome. if, you, if your pockets are feeling heavy, please talk to me. <laughs> excellent. Excellent. Well, Chris, I mean, if there are people out there that want to learn more about Wachira Wines and all of the things that the Wachira Group is up to, where's the best place to reach you? Um, the wachiragroup.com is a great place to learn more about what we do. Uh, my direct email address is C for Chris Wachira, C Wachira at wachirawines.com. Um, buy some wine that'll be a great way to support me get on whatcherowines.com and order yourself a wine safari and support me exactly i think that's yeah. the best answer start by going on a wine safari with wachira yeah, excellent well yeah. we've been speaking with dr chris wachira she is the founder and chief executive officer of the wachira group which plays really in three areas. They're the first Kenyan American winery in the United States. They're the first black owned and woman owned winery tasting room. And they're the first black owned and woman owned distributor of wine, beer and liquor licensed in California. What an incredible journey you're on, Chris. I'm so excited to hear how this goes and I'm definitely ordering some Wichira wine today. So thank you so much for being on Uncaged and we look forward to having you back. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Cheers. Cheers.